Welcome to the Anime Book Club. Today we'll be discussing JoJo's Bizarre Adventures of Stardust Crusaders, episodes 25 and 26, The Fool, Iggy, and God Geb Denol. Or Nadul. Oh is, my goodness. Strong is that start. actually the, the title? That, did you mess it up on purpose? Is that No, right? that is how yeah, it is. It's uh, in single quotations, The Fool, Iggy, and <laughs> single quotations, God Geb Nadul. Uh, Crunchyroll has it Iggy the Fool and Geb's Nadul. Ooh, oh, I that's like that. so that much rhymes. more fun. That so rhymes. Fun. I'm on Netflix now. Oh, uh, I watched no. the first episode on Netflix uh, with the wife, and she still thinks I'm crazy. And yeah. then I, I watched the second one on, on Crunchyroll later. Fun fact, I'm still paying for Verb. <laughs> <laughs> I should really cancel that. You're probably getting something out of that, aren't you? Uh, I could watch the third season of Harmon's Quest. Well, there you go. I, never, um, I don't think I ever finished the whatever I was on for that. Yeah. Oh, God. I really do need to cancel Verb. Oh, God. Anyway, uh, we're an anime podcast. We watch a serving size of anime every single week. Uh, that's usually two to three episodes. Uh, we are watching all of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure till we run out of it, and then we'll move on to other things. Uh, I am Pat. Matt, how's it going? It is going good. Uh, these, a... were, these were fun episodes. These were great. I, I had this weird moment where uh, we do do the serving size. We do two a week, but like I, I finished this episode and was like, we need to talk about this now. And then I'll watch the other. Ah, uh, I guess uh, for a little extra context, because we've touched on this once or twice. Um, I actually spoiled several iconic scenes of this episode for you a million years ago. Yep. Uh, was it just the OVA? Was this in the OVA that you showed me? I'm this was to... just in the OVA. God, I remember the canteen, which we'll talk about later. I remember that being a lot more horrifying Probably just because of all the weird black censoring they do in this. In this yeah, series. the the old OVA is uh is not censored, and I have those DVDs somewhere in my house. Um, but yeah, so this is and this is like I, I guess even before we really get into it, um, the OVA is only thirteen episodes total, and they decided to cover this fight, and I think this is a pretty good. That was the right choice. Yeah, if you're gonna cover anything. You cover this fight, God. I'm just still. I'm just so full of energy. I really loved this. This is so cool. These were good. These were really good to get into, and for no other reason, these start these technically a new season ish kind of. Yeah. Um. You know what? Yeah. Let's let's keep doing stuff out of order. Um. Let's talk about the intro, <laughs> the outro, and then we'll get to the episodes. I love the new intro. Oh, it, it, I was immediately into it. Uh, JoJo Sonochi no Kiku, I think. Oh, that's a cool name for that intro. End of the um, world is what. The... Oh, it's so good. Oh, it starts off kind of like mysterious, and it pulls into like this nice rock. It's I. I was immediately down for this one, and I don't mind the change. It's beautiful. I wrote in my notes. I'm like, this is like a Castlevania song. Yes, yes, it's a good description of it. It's it's really, oh, it's so cool. Like there there was no warm up period. I was really like, oh man, I think I'm. We've really gotten used to stand proud, but I'm like, nope, but this is what we got. This is what yeah. we got. It it, uh, it really sets a stage, too, because it feels like we had the whole traveling to Egypt saga. And it, this almost feels like it can't be this way, but it almost feels like what we're going to see here is like an entire season about D fighting Dio now in Egypt. <laughs> and this feels like, well, this is the boss music showing up now. Yeah, it's so menacing. It's so great. I'm, I'm really I'm, I'm down for it. I think it's really cool. Uh, I am not as big of a fan of the b -b 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 what is it called? Where did I write that down? The well, outro. Oh my yeah. God! You shut your mouth. <laughs> you shut your whore mouth. 
I think no. Like, go on. No, I'm going to say tonally, I think it fits. I just miss the fun of walk like an Egyptian. Okay, you miss. I, honestly, walk like the Egyptian. I only liked because it seemed funny. Like yeah. It was it was more of a joke that it, it fit in there so well. <laughs> this this is I think our actual first uh, JoJo intro or extra. This so it's so chill. Yeah, it's, it's very uh, somber. Guy, what was it? Math, uh, Pat Metheny Group. Uh, yeah. Last home, and I, I swear I've heard this song before. I'm not. I'm not really big on a whole lot of uh, music references in most of JoJo. But there's lyrics to this song, right? Like I swear I've heard yeah. this with, with people singing it before. I think it's an instrumental version of uh, "Last Train Home." Oh my! I really like. I I listened to it like four times now since I've seen the episode. This one actually really struck with me. Oh, that's cool. So I'll have to. I know it'll get me eventually. It's just I loved ending every episode laughing at the fact that they licensed to walk like an Egyptian. <laughs> that is, it's the fact that they did that is amazing, and that will always be amazing. Um, and it just reminded me, it's like, it's like with Roundabout, where it's like, look at that, they licensed the song. So it's like, and I guess this is a licensed song, but they're using it so much more, I don't want to say professionally or whatever, it just fits in, yeah. in a way that isn't stupid. You know, it's not fly me to the moon. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Hey, we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. I don't think that's in those movies. Anyway, let's finally dive into this. Episode there's 25. No way they yeah, there's no way they paid for it again. I um. can't imagine. <laughs> I cannot imagine. Uh, let me see here. Episode 25. Uh, we open on a shot of the desert. Uh, they do a really sick, like, um, they're obviously using the CG models for a little bit because they do a pan shot around to the gang and they're all standing where they were at the end of the last episode. Uh, and then we cut to the intro song that we've already discussed. Uh, they're meeting a helicopter, Matt, and it seems like only Joseph or Joseph just didn't tell anybody they were out there to meet a helicopter. Hey, Pat, what was the time gap between the end of the last like half season and this start? Do you know? I think literally as oh 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 like in real life. Yeah, in real life. Uh, I can you know what I got the wiki open. I can I can, I can tell you right now. All right, well you can look at that. Uh, so this air the previous episode aired in Japan September thirteenth, twenty fourteen. Mm-hmm. So September thirteenth, twenty fourteen. This aired January 9th, twenty fifteen. So they have like a three month break. People oh, had to not, take a a three month break. Big. It's not that big, or maybe we've just been spoiled by like you know Rick and Morty having two years between every season. <laughs> yeah. Um. Because the, the intro we had with the panning, it's it uh, pulled pulled around JoJo going, it should be about time, and it, I had very strong Metal Gear Ground Zeroes feelings there. <laughs> <laughs> it's about time. It's like oh, that's not what what does Snake say? What took, what took kept so you long? waiting, huh? It kept you waiting, huh? That's what he said. <laughs> oh, and I remember all the dummies saying that too. Um, that's what it felt like. So I guess they only had three months though. They weren't really. Yeah, but hey, that's still a time, right? I guess. I guess yeah, maybe that was more painful at the moment. Yeah, kept you waiting, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, they did keep us waiting, and they waited for a helicopter. Um, great moment where Kekulay totally drags Paul Duraf for being excited about it being a helicopter. <laughs> uh which is great. He's like, it's a helicopter, and he's like, yeah, of course it's a helicopter. <laughs> like a a rare a rare break in their friendship. You say break, but I feel like it's just another... That's just clearly the friendship. Yeah, you know what? Yes, you're totally right. <laughs> we then have one of those really great anime moments. Um, it's very anime, where, like, Joseph does, like, the whole, like, there's an ally for us on that on that helicopter. And uh, Avdol's all like, you 
it can't be him, right? You mean him? <laughs> oh, the very anime uh, drawing out as long as they can. Yeah. Every adverb they can, or not adverb, every... Uh, yeah. Just every kind of way where it's like, yeah. I'm referring to this person. You can't mean that person. Yes, that person. Uh, though we do get the uh, person's uh, uh, tarot card, the fool is on the helicopter. And I wrote in all caps, aha, that's the persona card. <laughs> uh, your main character in the persona games is always the fool arcana. Oh, I didn't know that. I've only ever played the, the three, I think, or was it two with you? You played three, yeah. Three, man. Um, yeah, they've made a lot more of those. Well, they haven't really. They've made two more of those games. <laughs> um, <laughs> we have a goofy little... Paul Darath on point, I guess is what I would like to say about this. Like, he tries to mock it, and then, like, he's like, oh, the, the, the fool's a dumb card. And Abdal's like, aha, it may be the fool, but you could never defeat the fool. Uh, you know, Abdal's bold claim from Abdal from what we learned about the fool later, though. Exactly. <laughs> um, and I have to say, the Speedwagon guys are giving off big goon energy. Yes, that's the exact word I was going to use. They really feel like goons when they walk out of there, don't they? They look so untrustworthy. They got like Cro Magnum foreheads thing going on. And they got it, their <laughs> eyes like dark out into shadows all the time. Oh my goodness. It's so funny. They are so it's one of my favorite things in the world that um on the JoJo fan everyone should go to the JoJo fan wiki for these episodes because they have an animated gif of the goon faces for these guys. Like none of the other characters, they're all static images for these guys, goon face. Like it slides back and forth. They look super stupid and ominous. It's awesome. I'm I'm just so uh it's great. And Jotaro's like, all right, get to it. Which one of you guys is the stand user? And um they're like, not us, the guy in the back is. And they do this a little bit of a gag, uh, where there's just like a blanket in the back, and everyone's like, I don't see the stand user. Where's the stand user? And uh, because this guy will not let stuff slow down, Paul Naraf runs up to the helicopter and is like, where's the stand user? It starts like slapping the back of the, the, the seat of the helicopter. To interrupt you real quick, put my, yeah. interruption, put my instant card here. Um, the, the new intro we had also had a new face in it with the team, so. Oh, yeah. Well, I guess, yeah, the spoils <laughs> yeah, we were about to see. It was all over it, so. Yeah, if, if you were, if you were, all right, so we'll just cut to it. Anyway, there was a dog in the back. The dog's name is Iggy, and he's awesome. It is the ugliest dog. It is uh, the no, best I, ugly dog. It's amazing, too, because, look, we've seen dogs in this show before. Rocky's yeah. designs for dogs aren't exactly great, but they're past, like, they serve, right? You know they're a dog. Yeah. So this design for Iggy is 100% intentional. He's got some, like, half dog, half person kind of vibes <laughs> like half like just unstable person like half he's Iggy's got, he's eyes got a look he's got like attack on titan titan eyes mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's it that's it <laughs> if attack on titan were a dog it'd be iggy he's got eyes from the wrong anime yeah <laughs> uh we have a great uh gag uh where if you if you freak Iggy out, he loves to eat hair, so he starts um, <laughs> eating Polnareff's hair. Uh, Polnareff's always the butt of these jokes. Literally, because then they say, and if he yeah. eats enough hair, he starts tooting, and he farts all over, <laughs> all over Polnareff's face. <laughs> it's like he's like mounted him, and instead of aggressively humping, he's just farting and eating hair. It's it's a pretty big moment for uh, our boy Polnareff here. I don't uh, even. 
I don't even yeah. mind the juvenile humor anymore. I'm just I'm still laughing and happy to see it in poor Polnareff. I think Polnareff creates a safe space for this bullshit, and I think it's awesome. That's a good description. Um, we get a great note where um, no no dog catcher, even a Speedwagon Foundation employee could ever catch Iggy, but Avdol caught him, which I just imagine, to, I guess to a moderate spoiler for what's coming ahead, involved like a bucket and some gum. Uh, yeah, for making that bold claim, Avdol's not the one who seems to be doing any of the uh, controlling of the dog from here on out. Exactly. Uh, we have a thing where after he's done farting, uh, really cool music plays, and he summons his stand, uh, which is a, um, which is actually a really. I think he looks kind of Egyptian looking. I'm not quite sure if Iggy's stand, the fool, like what it's supposed to invoke, but it, I think it, it. I get like Pillar Man kind of looks because it's got feathers and, but also has car wheels. It's a weird looking stand. It's got a lot going on for it. Um, I gotta say, at this point, from all the weird stuff we've seen from stands, it almost feels yeah. kind of like neutral like it's very mm -hmm. nothing seems to really stand out about it like it's not... i guess so it kind of reminds me a little bit of rat trap from beast machines oh his second form when he got the wheels yeah when he got the wheels or a third i don't know when he did that when, that when was they his did... only form in beast machines the, oh the beast machines yeah, yeah okay beast machines remember that gem it's a weird looking thing it, it fits iggy's personality it's got wires it's it's very bizarre um <laughs> bizarre and uh a lot of great dialogue uh we have kept going be like we saw an orangutan have a stand once and uh we have a, a little bit of a stand fight we realize that uh iggy um i have to say i don't know where else he's been but he is perfectly fit for a desert battle because his sand is his stand is made of sand and uh that means that it's like it can reshape it it, it easily beats uh silver chariot in a fight yeah. Do you think it needs to come from, like, can he generate it and then it's always made of sand? Or does he need, like, be in a desert location to summon it? So I'm not sure. Like, does that mean he could maybe make one out of dust? Or or dirt? It, it almost seems way too apropos that they just brought in a, a guy who used, or a dog who uses sand as his sum, stand. Sand mm -hmm. stand, if you will. His sand stand. We talk about that sand stand. <laughs> um... But yeah, it's 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 a neat little introduction. Yet again, just Paul Naraf continually gets punked at. Um, Iggy goes back to eating his hair, and we have this amazing moment where he's like, "Help me, Kekoid!" And Kekoid's like, "I'm worried about my hair, so I will not help you." I love this moment though, just just to remind us that they don't have anime hair. They actually take care of their hair and probably have regimens we never see on camera. That was a great thing where Paul Naraf is like, "I have to wake up early to make my hair this way." In that one episode where it's like. <laughs> He's ruining my beautiful hair. Uh, and then we get Iggy's gimmick, which at first I got a little worried because I'm like, wait, is that chocolate? But uh, it turns out that Iggy loves uh, coffee-flavored chewing gum, which is, uh, I, well, I mean, a dog dog shouldn't be given gum. I don't I know if they should get coffee either. I think that's also bad for them. Yeah. Well, he's just, he's, um... <laughs> he is a I, thing on his own. You won't mess with that uh, dog. He's a creature. You, you give him what he wants. You give him what he wants. Uh, we have a great little gimmick, too. I mean, this is all gimmicks. This is like gimmick after gimmick after fun gimmick. Yeah. Um, Avdol pulls out the gum and pulls out like, oh, he loves coffee-flavored gum. And then Joseph's like, Avdol, put the pack away or else, oh, no. And Iggy takes the whole pack. 
and like chews through the 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 carton and and the wrappers. It just eats all of the gum, except for the the piece that uh, Avdol has. So waka waka waka, all fun stuff. I think it's been a charming beginning of this uh, this whole thing. Uh, we do get a great moment where Polnareff does mention that he's like, my beautiful hair. I have to fix my hair. He does it in like a matter of seconds. He gets it back to normal. Yeah. It does undermine um, the comedy of that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we had, we had a very classic anime introduce a new character and they start with a fight because that's how you got to do it, right? Like you always got to fight the new guy first and then he can join your team. Mm-hmm. Um, they get that out of the way. <laughs> yeah, they get that out of the way fast. It almost feels kind of like a, almost like a 90s sitcom jumping the shark thing. It's like, oh, the new character is going to be a talking dog. What is a talk though? But yeah, the adding a adding a dog to the <laughs> festivities is definitely a weird thing. Right. Um yeah, but at least I mean I feel like they've established themselves in the way. It doesn't feel like poochy or anything like that. I feel like uh, Iggy Iggy fits into this almost immediately. I m- maybe that's just a testament to how like how quirky the gang already is that a uh, bizarre dog that eats gum and hair and farts. Oh yeah, just no, seems it, to be like nonplus. Yeah, it, it doesn't feel out of place at all. But yeah, but I, all that's awesome. Uh, we get them. The, the plot finally has to start. Uh, they get supplied up by the Speedwagon Foundation. Joseph gets a new robot hand, and they even brought him a spare camera. That's nice of them. I, which I that, thought was kind of funny. That feels like Chekhov's camera at this point, since we know he's got to break him. Uh, exactly, and he's like, "Oh man." And he mentions, he's like, oh yeah, what about easier than TVs?" Which I don't think it is. <laughs> Well, he looks like he has a hard time with the TVs. Like, it always took him a while to get the TV to say something. I guess so, yeah. The camera, he just kind of karate chops <laughs> it. And... He's like, I've been waiting to karate chop a camera. Uh, we do have a great little thing, though, because they actually use the camera as a camera, and we get a photo that I can only assume will become tragic you of know, uh, the gang looking all happy. It shows up at the end of the outro now. Yeah, it's a, it's a great little thing. Very heartfelt outro. I really like that outro, man. I, please please rub that in <laughs> um we do have a um i i am a big fan of the uh of the i'm just trying to figure out in my brain what i want to say about this uh that picture is just it's really cheeky and fun uh, joseph has his hand and like is is his head resting in polnareff's hand maybe um uh, yeah he does wow i didn't even think about that that is so weird like yeah, Polnareff just kind of has a handout for Joseph to rest his head. Yeah, and he's looking at. He looks like he's kind of looking at Iggy, and I don't know. It's just everyone looks and and Avdol's never looked happier or stoked. It's a great picture. Avdol has been just absolutely. He he's been happy to be back. He's never stopped. Biggest glow up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, even JoJo starts to seem a little sentimental because he's the one looking at the photo, and even he's got the yeah almost a happy face. Yeah. It, it it's really weird. It's it's like somewhere, like I guess like Beauty and the Beast. Somewhere along the way, while we weren't paying attention, <laughs> something's there that wasn't there before. Exactly, Mrs. Potts, way into what's happening in this episode. <laughs> he actually does. Wait, wait, does he actually crack a real smile? He he yeah. barely cracks a smile when he sees Iggy chasing Polnareff. You can tell he feels like they, it. They're all together. They all have this. They have camaraderie, Pat. They are brothers. Brothers in arms, man. They've been through a lot together. We've got a lot more to do. Uh, the uh, helicopter uh, is about to fly off. Joseph does the obligatory, like, which even though I think he he just found this out from his, oh, wait, duh, this is pure proof that a lot of the uh, Susie Q stuff was added 
Um, he asked for a Holly check-in, even though he just got one on the submarine from his butler. Oh, God, he did, yeah. So I guess that is proof that it was uh, an added thing. Uh, we find out that Holly is doing worse than ever and that she only has about two weeks. Raising the stakes on us. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so let's, let's continue to move forward. We got a little bit of a thing. Uh, they outline that they have... Uh, oh, yeah, and before they, they take off, uh, they do the, hey, there are nine new mini-bosses. Yeah. Uh, we can't quite tell what's going on because none of the Speedwagon Foundation members are stand users, so we can't really see if they're stand users or not. And whenever they kill us, it's all censored so badly, so you can't tell what happens. <laughs> oh, blacks, blacks out. Can't see nothing. Yeah. Uh, we we have a great... It- we have a great cute moment where Kikoin is like, hey, we're out of tarot cards, so I guess Dio has to be the world, right? Oh, it's yeah, they have this wonderful moment. It's like, well, the fool's out, so Dio's probably the world by process of elimination. Who are these nine guys? <laughs> it's like, yeah. I can't defy my naming scheme. I came up with that. And I wrote in my notes, and I have to just uh, out myself right now. And I'm like, haha, this proves that my theory that all the future villains are bad names is true. Which spoiler alert, boy, was I wrong. <laughs> I'm I applaud your uh my honesty. Your honesty, yeah. I didn't I didn't your need integrity. to like, I don't publish my notes, so um <laughs> I didn't need to say that, but I did. And uh oh no, we realized that Avdol's Pokedex um skill is completely gone because he has no idea who the hell these people are, what they do, or what the deal is. <laughs> Which I guess is like, it's like that thing where like you let a villain punch Superman. The idea that Abdul doesn't know who these people are makes them extra mysterious. Exactly. Um, it's like how I guess the Polnareff's no longer the writer. Abdul's no longer our uh, Pokedex. Yeah. Oh yeah, Polnareff does drive in this episode. So yeah, we're everyone's getting mixed up. Uh, we have a great little thing from Jotaro who's like, man, nine stand users in two weeks. That's gonna be a whirlwind tour. <laughs> he knows what's up. Yeah, he knows. He he literally like looks at the screen. He's like, "Hey, everybody! Here's what the uh, I hope buckle up. Here's what the next twenty episodes are going to be." <laughs> um, we then have a little thing where Iggy kind of smells the air and looks off into like a temple that's on like a cliffside off in the distance, and they they don't play around. They don't let there be mystery on this one. Uh, oh, hey, it's a dude. There's a dude with a cane, a blind dude with a cane, and uh, this is our our bad guy, Nadul. Uh, Nadur. Damn it. I Is keep it flipping it. I thought it was Nadul. It's Ender? Endor? N apostrophe. No, Nadul. Nadul. Sorry, I was looking at his namesake. Gosh okay. darn it. So it's Nadul, who is named after, and boy do I feel uncultured, it's named after Yasur Nador, um, who is uh, a very famous Bangladesh uh, Sengl- uh, singer-songwriter uh, apparently, in Rolling Stone, once described him as the most famous singer alive. Wow! So, uh, damn. I mean, I'd feel more embarrassed if I also didn't get a lot of the American bands names yeah. being referenced. So, <laughs> so yeah, I don't. I'm not familiar with this person's work. I should probably look it up. But he is apparently uh, worldwide was very, very big. So uh, neat on that one. Uh, and I'm going to close that Wikipedia article now, so I do not confuse myself. So uh, this is Nadul. Uh, we get a incredible callback. Oh my god, I love this to death. Where oh, the fly? Yeah, yeah. It looks like they're just doing the. Oh look, the blind man can catch a fly, and he's like, "This is the fly." 
Which is funny because I guess they they know the Purple Hermit thing. They're like, this is the fly that sold out Master Dio's location. And then he throws a rock at it. They all seem to be telepathically linked. It seems to be the only way to describe how they all know everything that's going on. Joseph has like a, a newsletter they're all subscribed to that yeah. he needs to stop updating. Oh, also he's blind. Have you said that? Am I not paying attention? I might have said blind, but uh, I got sidetracked with the name thing. Okay, he's well, super blind. He's got a cane. Yeah. He's Zatoichi. Um, yeah. It's what we learn in like a matter of seconds. He's just straight up anime Zatoichi as every blind person in anime is. Exactly. Except he doesn't have a sword. He's got something else. Um, we then have... God, man. We got another great gimmick. This episode is chock full of great gimmicks. It is. Uh, we're back in the car. Uh, Joseph is driving. Jotaro is, his, uh, is in shotgun. Iggy is in the back seat alone, and they have crammed Kekoin, Avdol, and Polnareff all sitting in the trunk. <laughs> which is amazing. You tell him to sit in the back. No, you tell him to sit in the back. No, he's just not the boss of me. Which is great, because then you have Joseph be like, just wait for him to finish his gum, and then throw a piece in the back and try to trade with him. Old man Joseph is still my favorite character. He's so good. I hope I never hate him. He's he's so good. I love I love old man Joseph as well. Uh, we then have a, like he slams on the brake rapidly, and uh, everyone's like, "Oh shoot! Why'd you slam on the brakes?" And uh, they find the crashed speed wagon helicopter, which I thought was kind of cool that we didn't see it go. They didn't be they're not like driving around. They see it go down or anything. They're just like, "Oh crap!" They crashed, and I guess that means they were moving in the same direction. Man, I felt not the speed wagon guys. Man, why? They're like the red shirts of this series. They're just dying everywhere. Yeah, man, it is rough to be a speed wagon employee. You know, that they never explained where that fish came from. No, they didn't. This is starting to bug me. I never well, thought about that. I will get right to that so we can discuss. Uh, well, well, maybe we'll start guessing. Uh, ba 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 uh, they, they comment that the crashed helicopter, there's no signs of like, uh, you know, gunfire or rockets. It looks like it just fell out of the sky. And Joseph, uh, of course, take a shot. This must be the work of an enemy stand. <laughs> They've learned, Matt. They've learned. At least. <laughs> Did you check to make sure the helicopter wasn't a stand? Yeah. That helicopter kicked out its pilot. That helicopter crushed one of the pilots. I mean, ever since they checked if the plane was a stand, you know. Exactly. They need to be knocking on everything. Uh, one of the helicopter pilots died real bad. Um, he is half underneath the helicopter. You can see uh, scratch marks. Like he, he and his fingernails looks like they've fallen off. Like he was scratching into the helicopter, and he's got a mouthful of water. And uh, now we can get to what you were talking about. They kind of turn his his mouth over, and Jotaro sees there's like a ridiculous amount of water in the guy's throat, and there was a fish for some reason. Which, I guess the fish must have been in the manga, and they just had to recreate it. I guess I think one of them even asked where the fish came from, didn't they? Yeah, Jotaro's like, why is there a fish? There's no explanation for that fish. No, maybe he was... Did, no, he wouldn't eat a fish whole. <laughs> I'm not quite sure where that fish came from. I'm really... Uh, I'm really confused. <laughs> uh, and then I wrote in my notes that it's like... I bet part of Jotaro, because he's he, he, he mentioned in the previous episode that he was a Columbo fan. I think he likes mystery. He likes sumo wrestling and mysteries. So the idea of a guy drowning in the middle of the desert there had to have been at least a brief moment of him being like, it's like an ice bullet mystery. Holy moly. Yeah. yeah. He drowned um, in the desert, Pat. 
Yeah, this guy drowned in the middle of the desert. What a crazy Agatha Christie. Like, I wish he had been like, this is like an Agatha Christie novel. You're right. You know, I had this thought this whole time. We're like, that, that line belongs in a JoJo anime, right? Like, he drowned in the desert. But, no, you have much better references. You're right. This belongs in a, like, a murder mystery, like an Agatha Christie thing or something. Yeah. It's like, I, because they were so, they were quick on the draw in the first half of the show. Like, Everyone talked about what it reminded like even Paul and I was like, eh, that's like the cheese from Tom and Jerry. Like everyone was very reference happy in it. And it's weird that um well, I guess never mind. There's a dead man in the middle of the desert. Maybe they don't have time to think about. <laughs> nah, they're not phased by that anymore. That fish really took everybody off their uh off their uh, off their uh, off their stuff. Where'd the water uh, in his lungs come from? Now that we know how they how he drowned, where'd the extra water come from? I'm mm, mm. Was that the stand and it, it it crawled in the canteen while they weren't looking? Did it maybe it No, because yeah, I think that's what it was. I think that was the, the spoilers, that was the stand because the water immediately evaporated in the water and the in the sand like you would think it would. Yeah. Yeah, that must be it. That must be it. Um, explain the fish. Still doesn't explain the fish. Um, but yeah, the so we... For my horse. Exactly. But um, I think maybe one of the reasons they didn't get to do references, now that I think about it, is uh, immediately the other guy who's been thrown from the helicopter looks super dehydrated. I can't tell if, like, did the water come from him or is he just hurt? Like, they drew him in a way that makes him look like... Um, that makes it look like he was like drained of water. Like that's maybe where the villainous water came from. Yeah, that seems to be how you're but, led to believe right there. Yeah. But I don't know if that's what we're supposed to But anyway, they're like, Oh man, you look thirsty. Get this guy a canteen. And they have this great like back and forth of the guy staring into the hole of the canteen, be like, No, 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 no. The water is the villain. And holy moly. <laughs> well, I mean, if maybe if it hadn't had been half a black screen. Oh, dude, it was, yeah, we get, well, at least I think you get enough of what happens to this guy, even with the censorship. Well, you can understand what's happening at least. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, um, a water hand comes out of the canteen and crushes the guy's head and rips it off of his body and yanks the entire head into the canteen. And it is so like, I would put that on as like cool, awesome, gruesome shit in Jojo. Like similar to like like the first when Dio became a vampire and he knocked the top half of that cop's head off Oof. at the jawline. Yeah, that was something. Um, yeah, because I think that when you showed me the OVA, they didn't censor that. So nope. I, have vivid, I have some vivid memories of a guy's head being pulled through a very tiny hole. And yet again, that's the shallow past. Like, oh, dude, look at this. People get killed with wa water canteen decapitations. <laughs> Um, I'm I'm glad that we're we're seeing this in all of its glory. Me too. It's great. It's awesome. Uh, they all freak out, <laughs> understandably, and uh, and it's great too because Abdul yet again they point to the fact that he's like I don't know who he is and I don't know what's going on. <laughs> they, they loop back to Abdul being clueless as to like what's the deal, and I I like that they do give you a good reminder that we used to be able to have a guy. Yeah. They would at least tell you what's happening, and now they poor, do not have that. Poor Abdul. He had one job, and now it's gone. <laughs> um, 
Uh, and the fight begins. Uh, it's really great. Like everyone's kind of scattered. Jotaro's doing his binoculars thing. I think maybe they realized that it was stupid to have Star Platinum looking binoculars uh, because we see that Star Platinum is out, and I assume that he's enhancing Jotaro's vision without doing the hold the binoculars up to Star Platinum. Or is he just is he having him at the ready to attack? What do you think? I think it's I think it's ready to attack kind of thing. Like okay. all of them literally went to ground. They're all lying down right now, prone as they can be. Yeah, they're all like, like a. They're all like assuming someone... like it's like a sniper. Yeah. Um, and we have this. Uh, oh man, we have another great flipping moment, and an episode full of great stuff. This is still the first one. Oh my goodness. Uh, Kikoid is like, hey, Polnareff, use your uh, stand to cut up that canteen, and he's like, I don't want to do it. You do it, and he's like, well, I don't want to do it. <laughs> Be best friends. Best friends. <laughs> be best friends. And I think I even had to write that line. He's like, don't maybe do something you don't want to do. And then Kekoid looks at it and goes, no means no. And then the water hand shows up. And it's so gosh darn funny. Uh, but the, the humor and the joy is cut short because the uh, water hand uh, totally slices Kekoid's face and maybe even his eyes in a very, um, uh, very painful looking attack. Lots of blood. He is down, and spoiler, he's down for the whole rest of the two episodes. He's gone. Yeah, he's uh, he is officially out of the fight. If this was an RPG, he is at zero hit points. Um, and it's real creepy. It's real. It's real crazy. Uh, Joseph yelling is like, "Hey, Polnareff, don't panic!" And when he says that, we look down, and Polnareff has accidentally put his hand into the water, and um, oh my goodness, the water hand comes back up, and we have this great slow motion, and it's like really crazy and it's super awesome we i love that we had yet another moment of he is the bus yeah <laughs> i think it was abdol or joseph one of the two just shouted wait the stand is the water i think it's abdol who writes that okay it's great it's like oh god the stand is the water um and the only reason that uh paul Naraf is also not blinded and or murdered is that the uh, headless pilot's body was wearing a watch that he set an alarm for for some reason um, I'm not quite sure. Maybe he had to take a pill or something while they were flying. You know, they probably did. I guess people set alarms for any reason. Um, and then was, we get that the, was uh, his alarm to call his wife and let his and talk to his uh his newborn daughter. Yeah, he's like, yeah, it's my uh my kids uh my wife's in the hospital. Just had a kid. Gonna call her from my helicopter phone. <laughs> One day for retirement. Can you believe it? <laughs> One day. One day. Um, we then get the gimmick of the episode, uh, the awesome gimmick, which is pretty obvious because this guy's blind, is that his stand, he's tracks sound like Daredevil and attacks with that. So when the watch, when it attacks the watch instead of Polnareff, they realize that that's the gimmick of the episode. And what a great, what a great, great episode this is going to be. Um, <laughs> we do have something that I don't know if I would consider it a plot hole or something stupid. But uh, we then have a moment where they go like, oh, it's sound. And instead of the water going after a out loud, full throat, screaming, yelling Joseph Joestar, it is attracted to these light, tidy blood drips of Kekoin. <laughs> I don't uh, know if that bothered you too. I could be nitpicking. Oh, I am literally nitpicking. I think you're nitpicking because I don't remember that being a contest at the moment. Well, it's, I thought because of the watch that it always went towards the loudest sound. But it's like you literally see like drip, 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 and Joseph is like, "You gotta get out of there!" Ah! 
but that doesn't quite matter because they do a little chase scene like um uh Kek, uh Paul Narath picks up Kakoin and like runs for the uh the car like he's running 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 we got a chase scene uh the enemy stand does cut him at the ankle uh well, Geb I'm just going to start using the stand's name because it's easier to remember the stand's name than it is the stand user uh Geb gets Paul Narath's ankle and he starts falling to the ground, but we get a purple hermit who is uh, more of a grabby stand than a than a, a locator stand at this point in the series. But I'm glad he gets both of them. Yeah, I'm, I was kind of surprised when the, he started being able to use hermit purple for things other than the psycho can, psycho uh, photography. I feel like after that one time he saved himself from like not impaling himself on a fence, he was like, oh shit, this thing's far more useful than I've been using it for. It can grab things. He's like, I should have been using this grabby part of this stand for this entire time. What was it doing? What was it doing? Um, and then we we have, um, ugh, I I guess this is kind of weird. We realize that Nadul talks in the third person. Like he refers to himself. He's like, ah, uh-huh. I have them all in the car. I, Nadul, the baddest of the bad guys. We'll, we'll, we'll find a way to get them off that car because I'm the bad guy. <laughs> um. And then we have the uh, awful revelation. I don't remember who says it, but uh, someone says that Kekoin's, uh the wounds are deep and he may have been blinded. Oh, yeah. So we, we have some awful stakes for our best boy. Well, you got to get him to a hospital. Exactly. They're in the middle of the desert and his eyes have been sliced. Um, and we get a good reminder that Iggy, maybe not the best new teammate, has been sleeping in the car this entire time. He's very loyal, Pat. Very loyal. He does wake up, though, because he smells something and then uh, jumps out of the car right in time for the water to flip, like uh, to create kind of like a quicksand effect that is like flipping the car and sucking it into the ground, Um, (laughs) which is funny because this begins the villain being like, wait a minute, the dog knew that I was going to do that. And he has like a big, long monologue where he's like, this dog is the biggest threat I've ever faced. Meanwhile, Iggy is like smugly watching everyone slowly sink into the ground while they're all begging for help. He'll watch them die. <laughs> I I would rather nap than lift a paw to save any of you. <laughs> it's a good little moment. And uh, fortunately, the villain, I guess because he could hear all the yelling and the screaming and the complaining from the gang, uh, realizes that the dog is of no use to the team. <laughs> and uh, we get a lot of great screaming out of Joseph as the car is sinking uh, more and more into the sand, into this quicksand effect. And we get our ending. Uh, that is the part one of this battle. Uh, I think this is one of the best episodes of the whole show. It has been, I don't know about best. There's, there was no whole horse in it. Um, oh, there was no whole horse. No Steely Dan either. No Steely Dan, no whole horse. Uh, but this was fantastic. I, Iggy's, uh, Iggy's debut was fantastic. He is a beautiful, beautiful, ugly dog. <laughs> Ooh, I, you got a question what was Joseph thinking bringing him here because sure his stand seems appropriate but he doesn't seem to be what you might call a team player yeah well it's like I think that I don't know if the idea is just like well you know what if he's stuck out here with us he'll have to help <laughs> like maybe I don't know it's like because remember I think it, it, I'll give him credit Avdol was like this seems like a bad idea He's like, we can't control that thing. So what did they do? Like, Avdol caught him, and then he's been living at a Speedwagon Foundation for a while? Or Yeah, I think that's what they're in, That's what they're insinuating. My theory being, of course, that Avdol put a bunch of coffee gum underneath a bucket, and when Iggy went to go for it, he put <laughs> it the bucket pulled, on the dog. Pulled a string or something. Yeah, they had, like, one of those, like, um, 
Like one of those cardboard boxes with like a, a stick. <laughs> and that's how they caught him. How about the fact that between, like, they ha- I think they had an issue. Did uh, Polnareff already try to stab the water once with his stand? And... No, no, not it yet. Didn't work? Okay. Because it feels like between all of them, we have a perfect stand for dealing with a puddle of water. Like we, we've got, we've got magicians red, right? Yeah, we have a magician, and he doesn't think to do that yet. Though I will, I guess yes. If we're talking from only stuff we know from this episode, the team is being surprisingly passive instead of trying to. I guess well, they're all panicked, and if, and I think the blinding of uh, Kekoin. I can't blame them for being panicked at this point because they're. Yeah. It's kind of like a Tremors episode if they kill really f- an episode, yeah, episode of Tremors. Yeah. If the, if the Graboids killed really fast. Yeah. It's it's real tense. It it it's awesome because it's like a good mix of some of the horror stuff that JoJo has. Um but like Yeah, Nikki's face. Just right? as but yeah, it's like just as action. It's like middle of the day horror action. I think it's cool. I, I, I really like I'm a big fan of this episode. I think it's really cool. Uh we were looking on the wiki and they 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 gave big ups to the guy that storyboarded it and like holy spicola, yeah, they did. Yeah, he nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. Like, what a great, what a great, great thing. Um, do you have any other thoughts of this episode before we jump into uh before we jump into this idea, this this episode? Nope. Uh and Duel has a cane. He's that to Ichi with a cane. Alrighty. So part two. And oh my goodness, uh I guess I I had thought for me, was there an after credits thing for this? Not for this one, no. Just the regular okay. uh the, the part one only had the normal preview. Okay. Just I think I, I I missed something. And I will ask you about that. I somehow either spaced or somehow blacked out part of the episode because I'm looking I'm comparing the, the wiki article with my notes and uh there's a, something about a manga artist that I don't recall at all. Part two. Part two. Okay. Oh my goodness. You didn't stick around for the after credits of part two? That's what I was asking about. Shoot. Oh no. Part two. Yeah. I almost want to tell you to pause right now and to go watch that. I can't believe you missed it. It's big. We'll, we'll have, we'll have a, we'll have a live reveal at the end of this episode. Okay. We'll get to, I mean, there's plenty to talk about before we get that. Yeah, it's true. And the problem is it, I'm watching it on Netflix. It cuts ahead. It immediately wants you to watch the next one. I shouldn't cancel my verb. Anyway, <laughs> uh, part two of this battle, uh, everyone is falling into the sand while Iggy watches and sleeps. Um, we have a great tense moment where everyone like falls off the car. They're all laying on the they're all laying on the sand, and the water disappears into the sand, giving them this terrible moment. We're like, oh god, it's like a shark at this point. It's like a like a right. like a sand shark, sand water shark. <laughs> um, and then we have man Abdal being the coolest. Uh, we have this moment where we're kind of seeing from his point of view and he sees that someone has started walking and it's revealed that it's Avdol throwing his arm bracelets on the ground, uh, perfectly spaced to look like steps, which I think was such a cool and clever idea. It was so dope. These two episodes, I guess especially this one, is just full of this dope back and forth, like intelligent fighting play that we've come to expect and desire in JoJo episodes. It's so ah, it's so neat. Um, I did write in my notes though that I felt like Abdal uh, did risk his entire awesome plan by doing his new trademark tisk tisk. <laughs> he only did it with like one finger though. He didn't do like a thumb tisk tisk. 
Like, I don't know how well uh, Geb is at hearing, but for a second there, I'm just like, wait, did he audibly tisk tisk when he's like, tisk tisk tisk? <laughs> when he attacks my bracelets, I'm a burn him. <laughs> Dude can hear blood hitting sand from over a kilometer, three kilometers away. Yeah, but he can't hear a tisk. A tisk in the wind. Yeah, um, I thought, here's the thing. I thought that plan was going to backfire because as soon as he realized Avdol hadn't actually walked there, he would just attack where the steps came from. Oh, that's a fun. That's a fun idea. That's a really clever idea. Um, but the funny thing here is, I don't think Avdol ran out of bracelets before he stopped this plan. He didn't. He could have. He could have kept walking, so to speak. But he had to tisk tisk. Uh, the intro played, and uh, we go back to the episode. I, I feel like the budget may be gone up because when he summons Magician's Red, Magician's Red looks awesome. Maybe it's just because Magician's Red is awesome. You really like Magician's Red. I think I I think I really like Magician's Red. <laughs> I think that's what it comes down to. Did he look cooler? Or does he always look this awesome? <laughs> He's always looked like that. Okay. I guess <laughs> I'm sorry, I just don't realize how ridiculous one. My phrasing of that was, was he, is he the best or is he the absolute best, Matt? <laughs> oh, Pat, hard standing for Magician's Red. He's a cool looking stand. That firebird could go places. It's just a bird. It doesn't even have pants. <laughs> it's got like fur. It's just a it's bird got, man. Got fur pants. He looks so cool. I don't know why I like Magician's Red so much. I guess because he's like inexplicably animalish and a lot. I, I don't. You know what? I can't even explain it. Here's why: because I've seen Magicians Red since 2003, and it's one well, of 2005, I think. Um, 2005, 2004 is when I probably saw Magicians Red for the first time, and I've, I think it looks so very cool. That's maybe my excuse. I don't know. He's a bird man. I don't need to defend myself. <laughs> Feel like it's like don't kink shame me birdman is neat i think it's exactly what you're doing but yeah i guess whatever i guess the budget has remained the same and the always okay looking magician's red spirit <laughs> um his plan is to shoot uh what uh, hot fire and uh and basically evaporate um the water evaporate geb unfortunately um he didn't keep throwing bracelets so uh I guess uh, Nadul is able to figure out, like, oh, wait, he, that must be... He does a little bit of a logic leap there. It's like, oh, my God, that has to be Abdal throwing his dumbass bracelet things. And he dodges. Uh, Abdal does get a little bit of a burn in, but instead Abdal gets, like, a bad cut in the throat that I have no idea how they're going to treat by the end of this episode. No, but the, their injuries have always been very ambiguous in how they deal with them. It feels um, real, real this time, though, with them saying, like, like, oh, my God, Cat Coin's been blinded. It's like, yeah, oh, shit. no, yeah, that one felt particularly strong. And I don't think Avdol moves again after he gets this throat gash. Yeah, both Cat Coin, like, yeah. I guess that's the difference is that, like, both Cat Coin, like, all of the attacks in this episode, like, put people out for the count. Right. Like, he just, he's, he's been taking them out. It's one hit KO on everyone so far, and it's scary. Like it's definitely creating some good tension. Yeah. Um, and Endol himself, the way he's been talking, um, I gotta say, like he's reinforcing the fact that the these nine new assassins, at least, they all know everything about the Joe Star group. 
Yeah, unlike Steely Dan, they really did do their homework. Yeah, like, oh my god, how do they know all this stuff? Is, is Dio that, like, is he seeing that much of the connection, or is... Well, remember that Dio has, um, I guess we can call it Red Hermit, or whatever. Oh, yeah. He has the same... St- they never, I don't think they ever show it again, but he has the same power as Joseph. Does he um, have it, or does Jonathan have it? Yeah, it's it's referred to Jonathan Stand. Okay. I mean... I don't know. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what. That's something I literally forgot. As I, I've, I, I have a one of the best parts of this podcast is apparently my memory is garbage. I totally forgot about that scene where Dio like shows his like. Oh, I also have a a hermit stand. I got this one below the neck. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but I imagine I think that's why they have all this information. But these people actually took notes. They read. They studied. Like he's this guy is really Nadol is like a professional in a way that I think is really cool. He knows like the height of each member. He knows that <laughs> Abdul had ring bands on his hand. Like I know, ex- I'm blind, but I know exactly what he's wearing. <laughs> um, and uh, I guess Abdul's the only one that's white, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, we do, we do, um, we do get a little bit of damage. Uh, I. Even though they literally said the water is the stand, that didn't sink into my dumb Polnareff level brain until I saw him have a burn on his arm. Oh, yeah, because when stands take damage, the person takes damage thing. Yeah, so, yeah, it was like, oh, shoot. Like, I thought he absorbed, like, I don't know what I thought, but I was like, oh, he sucks in moisture and forms his stand. It's like, no, that, I guess that's the exact amount of water he has. Uh, and I when mean, the water gets hurt, he gets hurt. You can be a little forgiven for that, just because of how parched that one speedwagon guy was before he got it. Yeah, um, it is. It is a neat little thing that we could see him do damage. It looks like he's about to go. And actually, you know what? I, I really want to lean into this. They, I think they have Abdul gurgling, like he's cut in the neck and is like gurgling his own blood. Like he looks that. Um, yeah, it's bad. Dude, it's real. We don't usually get to see them suffer that much from wounds that look even bigger than that before. Like, do you remember when Polnareff was missing pounds of flesh? Yeah. Like, where people were literally taking bites out of him. (laughs) And he was like, by golly, this is an inconvenience. (laughs) My name is John Paul Polnareff, and if I could change one thing about this situation, it would be the amount of bites happening to me right now. Um, but yeah, Abdul is like gurgling. Kekcoin is like knocked out. Both of our heroes are down, and um, it looks like Geb is going in for the kill. And Jotaro starts to run, and we get this weird half second where I guess because he's not used to other people doing it, Joseph is like, "Why is Jotaro running?" Right. I'm a little surprised that no one made a single reference to the uh, to the Joestar yeah secret technique. He honored his grandfather. He used his grandfather's secret technique. Um, and, I mean, of course, he's running to to grab the uh, villain's attention. And we have the great... The, and you had kind of alluded to this. He's like, hold on. He's 190 centimeters tall. That means he must be a Joe star. But his cadence, it's so youthful. Um, uh, And he's got the dog, too, like, gripped in, like, a death grip. <laughs> yeah. And that's why we find out. They're like, where is he running to? He's running at Iggy. Uh, Jotaro has paid attention this whole time and has realized that Iggy is able to preemptively tell when the stand is going to attack. So he has grabbed Iggy and plans on using him like a, a, a radar or a sonar because this is a submarine fight. <laughs> Basically. 
And it's great, too, because he says that out loud. He's like, listen here, Iggy, you got to start pulling your weight. And uh, he stops running long enough to slam Iggy into the ground. And he's like, you're going to have to help me or else we'll both die together. And Iggy's like, nah, I've seen Naruto. <laughs> and <laughs> he summons the fool and the fool grows wings and Iggy starts flying away. And Jotaro realizes that he's holding a one-to-one scale sand statue of Iggy on the ground, which is hilarious. And Iggy's flying away. Like, He's good luck. At it. Good luck with all that, suckers. <laughs> it's it's hilarious. Um, and I don't know if this is making me think of that, but like, just the betrayal. The betrayal is really, really funny. Uh, but before he can fully betray, uh, Jotaro uses the amazing speed of Star Platinum uh, to grab onto him and uh, kind of fly away with him. And we get a bunch of, like, uh, <laughs> that the... <laughs> We get a great little like bit where it's like, okay, so Jotaro and Iggy are floating underneath of the fool. Iggy is farting a whole bunch. And this has given them a big advantage over Nadul, who can no longer hear them. And I guess in his notes, because they don't have any notes on Iggy, it's not occurred to him that they could potentially be flying. It is. I mean, how many stands can help you fly? Here's the weird thing. Jotaro's uh, uh, holding on to that stand with his bare hand. Oh, Which you're right. I was really having trouble with until I just now saw that right behind his hand is Star Platinum's hand. Oh, really? Did they do that? Oh, man, I love it when yeah. animation does the we, extra mile. We don't, we don't see the rest of Star Platinum anywhere, and I missed it entirely when I was initially watching this. I was like, how on earth is Jotaro holding onto a stand? They broke their own rules, Pat. Yeah. But, but no, Star Platinum's hand is right there behind him, and he's got these <laughs> weird two hands coming from one arm thing. Oh, that's so that's so funny. That's so cool. It's like that uh, in the last episode where we just had Star Platinum's arms um uh coming out of Jotaro's chest. Yeah, they were doing they're starting to do a really good job with when these stands are showing up, especially Star Platinum right now. Like how how little and how much they actually need to show. Um is such a great little I don't know, just in general. They just are they're just killing it, man. They're just killing it. <laughs> I love how much Iggy is freaking the fuck out right now, too. It's great. He is he is a he is a coward bastard. And he is farting <laughs> and he's whining. And he's like, oh God. Oh God. And uh it's a really fun thing to intersperse with the fact that this is and I wrote earlier in my notes that it's like a submarine fight, but like Jotaro literally says it's like a submarine, and you're like, Yeah. Yeah, he does, exactly. I don't remember how much I don't remember a whole lot from the OVA, but I I remember wondering if Iggy was a villain when you showed it to me. <laughs> it's hard to tell whose side Iggy was on. Like, oh, yeah. like he's like, oh yeah, it's these two villains that he he used one of them to fight the other. If you didn't know, if you didn't know what Iggy's role was in this, I wouldn't forgive someone for thinking that Iggy is a villain. <laughs> you would forgive someone, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would forgive someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, the, the literal no opposite of what no forgiveness. Uh, whatever the anime phrase for no forgiveness is. Um, and uh, <laughs> so we we have an extended scene where like they're floating. They start to head towards the ground, and uh, when Jotaro realizes like, oh no, it's not flying, it's gliding. He has the great plan of like, as right as they're about to touch the ground, right as they're about to touch the ground, he uses Star Platinum's like powerful legs to kick them up into the air which gives away to Nadul that they're gliding but they are so high up in the air 
it's he feels like he has the advantage like oh it'll be hard for him to find him and uh, that's what he says the submarine line and i think that's great i think that's great right. all that is great it was pretty good um i was an idiot because i thought like how's he gonna get back up in the air there's only one way he's gonna punch the ground oh come on you can I forgive yourself Star- I thought Star Platinum was going to punch the ground hard enough to launch them again, but it was it was a fact that Star Platinum kick. <laughs> it's it's funny to remember that they that the stands have legs. Yeah, you know, we usually don't see them. I, I, I remember having that thought earlier in this episode. Why don't they could they use their stands to create decoys since they seem to be so ethereal and able to just move around as they want? But yeah. I guess I don't know if, Maybe they don't make actual noise that he could pick up on even as a stand user. Yeah, maybe. I, it, I mean, it's it's convenient for tension. There you go. It's convenient for tension. Uh, we do then get a uh, a great revelation that, of course, uh, the fool is made of sand, so flecks of sand are falling off, and enough of it's kind of hit the ground at this point where Nadol is realizing that that's what those things are. He's able to target Jotaro, and he attacks him. Like He shoots water up into the air, gets a good hit in. And uh, our heroes finally fall to the ground. Um, and it is kind of funny because Iggy is like purposely really not trying to help. And the villain starts laughing his ass off because he's like, ah, ha, 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 that stupid dog is doomed you. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Which I, I like his little like, um, he's so bewildered at how, how unhelpful. Oh, no. See, I think, uh, sorry, we'll interrupt you just a little bit. I don't think the sand was falling off of Iggy's stand. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I thought that was uh, Nadol sending sand into the air to use like sonar. Oh, okay. I'm an idiot. Sometimes I should rewatch these in English. I think I like half got that as I was taking notes and looking up and down. Mm. You're totally right because underneath of them, um, Nadol is like flailing around. So he knocks sand up onto Iggy. You're totally right. Thank you for stopping me. I nearly lied. <laughs> I lied in our, in our, um, I was I was doubting myself. I had to double had to double check that. You know, it's it is a okay. Um, it is really funny that as they land to the ground, uh, we then have the moment of this episode where Jotaro, at the height of Iggy's betrayal, uses Star <laughs> Platinum to grab Iggy and throw him as hard as he can at Nadol. And I literally like wrote him a note. like I'm not quite sure how to describe this. Oh, uh, you could use the sound effect that was on the screen. Shwoom. Shwoom. Yeah, it's Shwoom just... as the dog goes flying through the air like a fastball special. And they had to have had fun because Iggy looks ridiculous as he is like... <laughs> uh, he is thrown to his sudden doom. As he is barrel rolling towards this opponent. Oh, uh, and he's making this great, like... Not really even a dog noise. Like, it's supposed to be doggish, but it's not a human... It's a human making that noise. Going, yeah. <laughs> which is funny because you could hear the dogs going like and the guy's like what's happening what could be possibly heading towards me so it feels a lot like a he used his belt moment yeah and uh, we get the great line from he's like what did he throw at me I can't tell what it is at the speed it's moving and Joe George is straight up like it's Iggy <laughs> I tossed <laughs> Iggy at you which is funny because that's the one character whose name Nadal doesn't know <laughs> right he's like what's an Iggy um, and then he goes like, well, you better use your stand to block or else, uh, you two are going to get to know each other real well and slam into each other. 
Uh, we get a great little thing where uh, Iggy summons the fool and the duel summons Geb. They slam against each other. And we, oh man, this is, this is where I lost my shit. I think, I don't know if you cheered out loud. Like I did. Um, There's a couple moments where I can think of cheering out loud right now. Um, <laughs> I cheered out loud because we have this thing where it's like, he's like, I can't believe he threw a dog at me. And he's like, there we go. I've that lost moment. him. <laughs> I don't know. He was going, what kind of man throws a dog? Honestly. 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 What... <laughs> oh, I got some news about your Master Tio for you, Endul. Yeah, this man will throw a dog. This dog changes the dynamics. Um, but it's great because, yeah, he's like, wait, what kind of guy throws a dog? Which is hilarious. He, like, he tries to pick up his cane. He's like, shit, I don't know where Jotaro is. And the music is awesome during all of this, by the way. Yeah. And we get the second time where I was audibly just shouting alone in my house. Um, the reveal that Jotaro is right behind him. It's Even framed perfect. It's awesome. Does he announce his presence there or does he wait for... Okay, he waited. Okay. Yeah, he, and he's, he thinks, like, the guy's like, where are you? And Jotaro doesn't talk out loud. He thinks in his head, right here. Right here. Right here. <laughs> and it's awesome. It's so gosh darn awesome. Um, just to get this out of the way, during this entire next scene, it constantly cuts to Iggy freaking the fuck out. <laughs> like, paws on head, like... This drag... We haven't even described it yet, but this one thing happens over, like, feels like 30 seconds, maybe? <laughs> like, it yeah. drags. It's, well, it's it's like, um, it's, it's another, uh, shootout thing. Yeah. It feels like a samurai moment, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, that's, like, yeah, a samurai moment or a quick draw. Like, barely even a quick draw. I feel like Mr. Zatoichi Endol here already knows he lost. Since uh, Jotaro's uh, this close already. Like, he's, yeah, he's that's lost a good all point. advantage. It's, it feels like he gave up and is just giving, you know, going through the final motion. I think maybe he's hoping that maybe this, is he does a bit where he's like, well, you're so close that, uh, well, I mean, the way he finds him is somehow Jotaro casting a shadow over his stand allows him to know where he is. Like, he doesn't actually make a sound, but the shadow alerts him. And he's all like, oof, I guess I don't need my cane if you're that close, but I will need it on a head-on home. And he, he drops onto the ground, and it's slow-mo, starts to head to the ground. And then we get the shoot-off moment where Star Platinum comes out and, like, hyper-punches Nadol in the heart. <laughs> and uh, Geb is unable to kill Jotaro and only knocks off his hat, which is a kid to death. Also, speaking of, did you see the screenshot I sent you? There's hair in the hat. There is hair in the hat. We have definitive proof in this scene when the hat goes flying off of Jotaro's head that there is hair in the back of it. It has what? its own hair. There what is hat, hat to hair. <laughs> the hat to hair ratio is crazy. He had that person, I don't even remember where it was anymore, make him a hat with hair in it. That's... Oh, yeah, I guess, yeah, that, that did get lit on fire. So he's in Pakistan, and he's all like, hey, can you make me a hat with hair? Can you make me a Japanese schoolboy outfit and a hat with hair? I have seen in the fan community for JoJo, people constantly say that uh, Star Platinum is actually JoJo's hat stand. Ha! I like that. I think that's pretty funny. It is his hat stand. Who knows? It's like Dio and yeah, Dio having two stands. <laughs> um 
but yeah, it's a cool little thing, cool little shot. I like the standoff. It's yet again, this episode is so just so gosh darn stylish. Oh, yeah. Well, it's been like what, like good, like I said, like thirty seconds, just watching his cane slowly fall to the ground. Like what we have, like in the samurai fight, where like we're waiting for the dewdrop to finally fall off the leaf. Yeah, or, or that like, like that. that thing where it's like the water goes into the bamboo thing and it finally like does the knockdown thing. And I think dunk. maybe it was me. I think I misunderstood the, his intention when he said, "I don't need to stand. It's like I don't need this uh, cane to fight you anymore." But he said, "But I'm going to need it to go home." And that's when he drops it. So yeah, I think I, I mis- I think I misunderstood that moment. I thought that was him saying, "Well, I'm not going home." This shit's over here, and he's dropping it there for his, like, one last moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I took that more of, like, a, you know, after I've, I've, I've have you pay attention to this cane so much, I've murdered you. Ah! I thought it was, like, the cowboy thing where you try to distract someone so you can draw your weapon and, mm-hmm. and, and murk them. But this it doesn't seem, work. Yeah, he seems pretty honorable. I like, he, he seems like a neat dude. He was a cool guy. Um... But yeah, so uh, Star Platinum has knocked him down. Jotaro has a great line where he's like, you knocked off my hat. I don't even take off my hat when I scuba dive. Pretty big win for you. <laughs> um, and he's like, but don't worry. This is anime, so I won't murder you. And the guy's like, I'll fix that. <laughs> <laughs> and he uses Geb. So at first I thought like, oh man, this guy means business. Because it looks like he stabs himself through the brain with his stand. But then he takes forever to die. So you're probably right. I guess so. He he brained himself in such a way that he only had I don't know. This this is a weird thing where he's like he's like, why would you use your own stand to kill yourself? And he's like, Because you were gonna try and get me to give up info on Dio, but I know about Joseph Joestar being able to read minds. So I've decided to kill myself. I'm not gonna give you anything except for all the info I'm about to give you. Uh, we, we get a couple of things like he outlines like, hey, the name of my stand was Geb. The theme for your uh, your upcoming boss fights are going to be Egyptian gods. So get ready for that, dude. I can't wait for them to, for Abdul to wake up and them talk to him. It's like, hey, dude, no tarot. They do Egyptian god naming. It's like, oh, I know all about those. Which one was it? Was he Geb? I bet he was Geb. <laughs> um, And then we have a little thing where Jotaro's like, why would you do this for Dio? And he's like. You got no idea, man. I'm a total dirtbag, a total piece of shit. But when Dio petted me on the head like a puppy and I, and I, I, I could, well, he can't see his abs. We have this shot of like J- Jonathan Joestar's incredible abs attached to Dio. God, he, I don't even think Jonathan was that big last we saw him, was he? I mean, all he could do in that coffin for a hundred years was do like micro crunches. Micro crunches, yeah. <laughs> Gotta really build them up. Yeah. Yeah, I guess crunch. He, he might have been able to do crunches. He couldn't do a sit up, but he could do maybe some crunches. A hundred years of crunches. <laughs> but yeah, we get this shot of like Dio being like cut, and he's like, "Oh, he's a force of nature. He's so beautiful." And he petted me on the head like a puppy once. So I will die for him. I'll die for him. Evil, uh, then he, yeah. Even the evil need an evil savior. I think is the line to come with. Yeah, he says that, which is which is kind of neat. And then he dies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which um, is all worth it because as Jotaro's walking away, Jotaro's like, man, this guy's got mad cult vibes. Which I, I kind of, I just kind of like that. Because they, they've really cut away from the, remember like at the beginning of the series where everyone was like, Dio's a charismatic genius. Yeah. 
but that's when he was mind controlling people. Now we're running into fanatics that aren't mind controlled and are still willing to do everything. I mean, so like, that's where it kind of pays off. We didn't look for our mind control on him. We don't know. They stopped looking for flesh buds, which I kind of feel like. Why have they stopped looking for flesh buds? Do you literally touch the guy's forehead? I guess that's not how he gives them flesh buds, though. He petted him like a little pup pup. Yeah. He's like, who's a good Nadol? Are you my Nadol? Look at you, Nadol. My glorious purpose. <laughs> um, And uh, let me see here. Oh, and then we have the, the final scene of the episode that I saw. Because I'm an idiot. Uh, Jotaro and Iggy have like a have a nice little like uh, make peace moment where Jotaro's like, hey, I know you're pissed, Iggy, and you know what? I can believe it. You're just a dog. And they pulled you into a human thing in the desert, and that kind of sucks. Would you like a stick of gum? And then Iggy walks off and comes back with his hat, and he's like, oh, hey! He gave me my hat, and he puts it on, and Iggy is either taking a shit in that hat or put gum in it. Iggy talked. Iggy talked. Because Jojo say- turned, he turned around because they're Iggy! Yeah, I didn't... I don't know if I was willing to admit that or not. I was going crazy, wondering how the heck that dog talked and Jotaro didn't care at all. Yeah. Was he communicating with Stan talking? We didn't see a Stan. Well, I mean, like, you know how, like, they can now all psychically talk? Yeah. I mean, that that's... Maybe that's my thought of it. I'm probably wrong. I'm probably wrong. But yeah, so he says Iggy. Maybe he stand talked. Maybe he can talk. How do you? I don't know. What's your theory on that? I have, I had no idea. I was completely in the dark, and I'm still wondering what the heck is wrong with that dog. Was it poop or gum? What was in the? It hat? was it was gum. It was uh, chewed up gum. Okay. Uh, I think he even said it. Like uh, oh, okay. Don't even g- gum. You shitty little mutt. Yeah. There we go. Just for half a second, I'm like, is that poop? Oh, wait, it's gum. It's the coffee I gum. I expected it to be poop, especially with the way this this series, this season has gone. Yeah. Uh, and then the gang shows up in the car. I think it looks like they're driving backwards, and they go to the intro. And then it turns out there's more to the episode. Um, yeah, there was, like, I don't even know how you didn't see that there was, like, God, there's, like, another five minutes left. That wasn't all credits. So I feel embarrassed because I immediately went back and rewatched the conversation that Nadol and Jotaro had in English mm. because I really wanted to make sure I understood the whole Kane thing myself. I think I got a little confused by it. I was like, is he, what is he, is he trying to say that? So I then didn't notice and then went and started the podcast. So, um, boy, I'm going to break all the rules of podcast and just read directly from the wiki of what happens. <laughs> Go ahead. I can't believe you didn't see this first. You gotta see this first person again. Yeah, so I'll have to, I'll watch it after we've seen this. But um, it's not a small scene. It's that's it's half a the reason I don't want to length. It's it's three minutes in length, which is why I don't want to pause to go check this out. All right, I I will have it running in the background, um, while we discuss this. So uh, meanwhile, um, a. a a guy with Goku hair talks to a kid with Marge Simpson hair. Yes, yeah, that's, that's accurate. Uh, so a manga artist meets a young boy and gives him tasty donuts. And uh, tries to trade him his manga, which is called the Onga Boonga Brothers. <laughs> which I guess is a, is a, uh, is a must be a reference to something. And uh, it, it's a weird looking manga. Kind of looks like a little uh, psycho naughty. Like there's a plane with a face and... It's definitely very weird. Ooh. 
there's some creepy looking art on this. <laughs> so what are you doing? Are you looking through? Are I'm literally it right now. It. Let me go back. I'm gonna. I'm doing a terrible <laughs> job. So anyway, anyway, I'm gonna cut this. We're gonna go back to where I've looked at the wiki. So elsewhere, a traveling manga artist sees a local boy uh, who has a comic book called the Oningo Bingo Brothers Adventure. And uh, when he looks through it, he sees that it's very, very weird, but is then scared off by uh, the Marge Simpson boy's older, mean-looking brother. Uh, the brother is prepared to head off to confront Jotaro and the gang. Man, you skipped some stuff here. Um, this because... is what the wiki says. Do you want to describe this scene to me? You're going to have to get a little bit more in here, because he, he, like, he approaches the kid, and he's like, oh, man, I... Look, I am really interested in manga, and I like seeing foreign manga all the time. I like collecting rare manga and all this. So he like, offers him to look through his binoculars while he looks at the manga, and the kid kind of reluctantly agrees to him about that. And yeah. it is the weirdest. Like, I don't know how to describe this art. I don't know if Araki was proud of this. It's Well, it's kind of like some of the tarot art they do. It's really weird. It's like misshapen. It is, like yes. melt. It looks like melted clowns left out in the rain. <laughs> That's a very good description. It is super misshapen. Very... Um, actually, it kind of looks like the kind of art you kind of see in like when you see like Indian, um, yeah, and like Indian or, mythology um, that you see. What's his name? Roy Crumb, that artist. Yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Ooh, oh my goodness! And uh, so he looks through the manga and it it outlines their conversation. Yeah. And then he sees himself in the manga and sees that he gets impaled on a phone pole, and then it's blank after that moment. Which I can only assume means that their stand or the kids' stand, um, if you read the book, makes you see your death in advance. I assume. I don't know. Like, does he control fate somehow with that, or maybe it what? just is the future? What an oddly thrilling manga! It is so yeah. Like uh, the, the uh, manga author. Dude, look at that guy's hat. The older brother's hat. <laughs> this the older brother is large and menacing, and he scares off manga artist Goku. And he's got the biggest, tallest hat. Oh, my goodness. But, yeah, so this is, like, the longest post-credit sequence. Um, they're going to Ashwan, and uh, they're totally going to be fighting Jotaro, I suppose. Yeah, because they already know. The big brother mentions. Oh. They, they seem to know that. Yeah, yeah. there's a hospital there. So they know everything that happened already with Endol. How do they know that, Pat? How do they know what happened with Endol? Uh, the group is injured and needs to go to a hospital. It's weird. Maybe it was in their book. Maybe it wasn't. You know, maybe it is in their book. Maybe that's one of the powers the book has. I it's have no idea. It is funny because the little kid shows the guy, before they go on the bus, he like shows them the manga and he's like, whoops, I guess we got to wait for the next bus. What a pity. Because I think he's, he's like, oh, that idiot read the manga, so I guess that means he's doomed that bus. Yeah, it seems like it was out of his control is what that seemed to imply. He's like, don't read that book. Only my brother could read his book. Weird. All right, that's hype. So now I've seen this. What a weird way. Thank you for describing that to me. God, I'll, I, I'll edit this into something. And I was freaking out, too, because I can't remember the last time staying after the credits paid off. It might have even been season one. Yeah, well, this is not the first time that I missed a post-credit sequence. You're much more um, diligent than I am about this. Um... But yeah, wow, wild. So I guess we're going to do three episodes next time. Yeah, because these apparently these brothers are only going to get one episode, and then we're on to the next uh, double-parter. What a pity. Yeah. I, they look like they would have... A, well, you know what? I, I don't know how many episodes they may or may not have, but they... They look cool. Well, I guess... Um, all right, over, under... Wait, uh, is this going to be a Polnareth episode? 
Why? Because well, he, he wanted to be a manga artist? No, he's the only one dumb enough to pick up that book. <laughs> you... Maybe. <laughs> like... Maybe. <laughs> like, like, who else is going to, like, fall for this? I mean. <laughs> you have a good point. I, I can't dispute it. <laughs> but yeah, so we'll, we'll we'll get to see that episode. I think that's going to be really fun. Um, I'm very very excited to watch the this episode. This just a banger. This is this is one of my favorite episodes that we've covered. Um, I'm going to treat the two parter as like a single single entity. I I I legitimately love how this function, the pacing, the 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 action, the tension, like everything top to bottom. I thought was. It was incredible. Yeah, it was so much fun. And you're right. Especially that they have the good old... The thing I've always enjoyed about JoJo since we started this is that the fights are very much of a thinking man's fight when they're when they're being really good. Yeah. And we had a bunch of that going on with this episode and they're dealing with this guy. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm willing to forgive them because at this point, maybe the blind man superpower thing is too much of a... Uh, of a trope, I guess. Yeah, well, it was eighty nine when this came out, so maybe not yeah, a lot of people. Lot well, I mean, maybe or maybe it's just a Zatoichi reference. That's what they said. It said he was inspired by Zatoichi. Oh, okay. Um, like I think it was directly with on the Blu Ray. Uh, oh, the notes said about the character. Yeah, with the, with the interview with uh, God, I've heard forget his name, but the, the interview on the Blu Ray is like, yeah, he was inspired by Zatoichi. Okay, um, that makes sense. Oh, it's it was in one of the uh, the JoJo art books. Okay. Which I just have to see if those are scanned somewhere because I would love to read more. I'm now that I've caught up on the manga. Also, hold I've in a point in my life where I've read all the JoJo that exists. That's something. I don't know how to feel. That's the funniest part of JoJo Lion or Jojalian ending is like everyone's reaction is more about the like, oh my god, I was there when one of these ended. Like is not a not, lot of people. Is he not doing any more JoJo? Oh, he is. He is. But like American fans, like not a lot of people paid attention for the end of Steel Ball Run. Like if really the anime has really livened up people's attention and and um, Jajolian started in uh, 2011. So it's gone on for 10 years. So everyone who's seen the manga has been like, oh, like all the other parts have been done. So if you wanted to check out a Jojo, you could just you could just, you know, bang that out in a couple days reading the manga. Um, yeah, yeah, because this fight alone was like what three or four chapters. It was yeah. It was it was yeah it was a number of chapters. Um, yeah, I think it was eighty. Probably I think it was eighty one through like eighty nine or something like that. But it was cool. It was neat. Um, and I'm so excited for Iggy being part of this. Yeah, I I'm honestly I wasn't sure whether or not he was going to be a permanent member of the team or not. If he was just like a a one off. <laughs> at the end of this episode wasn't he th- running off into the desert and Jodoro was like what are you going to do in the desert you dumb dog yeah <laughs> just letting him do it there's no way that they didn't just make Paul Duraf catch him <laughs> Paul Duraf do it even yeah, though Avdol's the one who's taking all the credit well Avdol's busy oh yeah Avdol's uh, yeah I guess yeah he's got his own problems yeah <laughs> um yeah, no, Abdal's Abdal's having a rough time at the moment. Um, man, but yeah, that's some good stuff. I'm excited. I'm excited to see more JoJo. I'm excited to 
uh, a three-parter. Uh, we will have to contain the hype as we uh, rapidly approach. Man, at this point, like I'm really glad we're... Yet again, I think we say this every episode now, where it's like, boy, glad we started this project. JoJo's a great thing. Yeah, this has been fantastic. Um, I've been looking ahead of the episode list. We start doing actual three-parters near the end of this season, by the way. There's a four-parter, technically. Yeah. We'll have like to discuss. It's going to get a little crazy. It's going to get a little crazy. It's going to get. A, it's going to be a whirlwind ride. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, you want to book out on this one? Book out. Book out. <laughs>